Hey, Doug. How's it going, Lindsay? Good. How are you? Good. It's hard to believe that this is our fourth episode. Number four. Yes. This is like a big deal. It is. Feels like like an accomplishment. It does. Like we should have a party of some (laughs) sort and, you know, everybody's invited, uh, but it's just not on our dime. No. Yeah. They just listen and that's like coming to the party. Right. I I think, you know, 15 years from now when you're like an accomplished podcaster. For sure. In the world, we'll look back on this. For sure, yeah. This will still be your best I mean, it's like this would could be a painting. Like this would be like the original, like that they said she went on from here and, <laughs> you know, it all just blew awesome. up, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're really excited uh, this evening. We have Caleb Mangum with us. Good evening. Our, our resident <laughs> poet and... Uh, Nut butter expert, so mm. all things both. This podcast brought to you by Nutty Novelties. <laughs> <laughs> Any deals for us tonight, Caleb? For those Any coupon listening? codes? <laughs> uh, keep checking that Facebook page, guys. Oh, we nice. got big news coming down the pike shortly. Woohoo! Yeah. Big news coming down. Da- Man, that's exciting. <laughs> So this past Sunday was the first Sunday in Advent. Um, we uh, focused on hope. So tell us a little about the tension there with hope. Yeah. Um, well, I think what's so interesting about this season is that it does feel tense and not tense in the fact where you're getting ready for something really hard or really good, but just there seems to be both joy and sorrow that are just mm. so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was really cool that uh, I feel like really formed my soul and others was we had a chance to lament together. Mm. And it was just this beautiful time of being able to confess to the community the hard spaces of the season. And so to hear people talk about, you know, loss of loved one and depression and anxiety and to hear everyone respond with, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, like inviting God into the tension Mm -hmm. of the season Mm -hmm. was just, yeah, yeah, super cool. And um, yeah, I think, I don't know, that was really, really shaping. I don't know. Any thoughts, Caleb? Um, I liked how we set kind of a somber tone on Sunday morning. Um, I felt like we set set ourselves up for a season of Advent to kind of crescendo mm. up. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday was kind of dark in a lot of ways, and I actually felt like that was really good. Hope is such a great thing, um, but it's like, I forget who said it recently, but it's like, hope kind of sucks because if hope is the only thing you have left, Mm. Mm -hmm. you're not in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Hope means you don't yet have what you're looking for. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a sorrow aspect to it. Yeah. I think you're right, Caleb. I feel like so much of this season for, for many is just like this extreme busyness and almost like forced happiness. Mm. And so I think it's just nice to be part of a community that embraces that, but also says, yeah, for some of us, it's really, really tough. Yeah. And it's just good to be able to have a safe place to to lean into that. I think it's also a good reminder of the second coming that we're waiting for and hoping in that. Because we can, you know, we're excited that Jesus came, but this is a good reminder to hope in the second coming, which I think feel like we forget a lot about at the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And really I think what what I appreciate about where the direction of the teachings are going in this season are that we have you know, the hope in what we saw happen, the hope in what is to come. But now we're figuring out how do we experience hope, peace, joy, and love in the present. Mm. So it's kind of like recognizing our past hope and our future hope. But how does that really impact 
who we are today and now. And so, yeah, I was really encouraged by that um, time that we had. And I feel like Steve just did such a fantastic job of like catching that. I think you were, you use the word tone. I love that. Mm -hmm. There's like a tone, there's a tonality about Advent that just really was struck very Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think too, like one of the things that was just so beautiful was uh, seeing uh, Rick and Tyler uh, light the Advent candle. Mm. Like, I, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm just, anytime we see a kid invested in our gatherings, um, not as tokens or for kids take over Sunday, it's just always encouraging because that's just normal what we do mm-hmm. as a community. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that just is very shaping. The song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, I think is probably my favorite Christmas song. Mm-hmm. And I love... I'm not really musically inclined. I guess the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> um, where it's like rejoice, rejoice is sung in a minor key. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's good. Yeah. You're you're All a right. savant. Yeah. You feeling me? <laughs> Look at that. It's um, sung in a minor key. That's good. Yeah. And so it's like rejoice, rejoice is like this happy thing to say, but you're saying it almost in like kind of a sad mm. tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it almost feels like whenever and I'm not a I'm not a musician, like I'm not crazy musician, but I feel like whenever I hear a minor key, I'm waiting for it to be resolved into Mm. a major. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so beautiful about that song is like it stays in the minor key, but we're Mm -hmm. we're kind of declaring to the midst of that tension. Like we will. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. Like joy is a choice. Rejoicing Mm -hmm. is a choice, even in the midst of the stuff. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Some people looked really confused when they walked in and saw the church set up like a community dinner um, (laughs) in the, not in the gym, but in just that normal in the sort of the narthex or the entrance. I don't even know what the game room, (laughs) I guess. The extended foyer. The extended foyer. Yes, correct. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was really, it was really interesting to see how confused people looked. I don't know. We love mixing it up. Yeah. That's just the way to do it. But, uh, and then I think the potluck, I was really encouraged by a community that finished up church that brought, participated in worship in so many ways, but even in the bringing of food to mm. share. Um, and people hung out till, gosh, like one one thirty. Like there were still people hanging out until two o'clock when Ben and I were like moving <laughs> pool tables and stuff together. They didn't, they didn't get the hint, huh? <laughs> Closing time. Yeah. Shout out for, we need more help with set up and tear down. <laughs> but I was just really encouraged by seeing people like engage in the, in conversations after a good meal. And I think that's really what's so beautiful about house churches is that house church gives you that space to see Jesus in the cracks of the day. Mm. Where like it's in, like it may not necessarily mm. be in the worship or the prayer or the discussion or the teaching of a house church or of a gathering. You must some... mean worship through music. Yes. Good. Oh. Thank you for that. Okay. Just um, seconds. Yeah. Sorry. That's good. Very good. <laughs> but that even the conversation, sometimes good, Jesus though. just shows up in the cracks. The cracks. And like mm-hmm. it's so cool to see, to just to notice that on Sunday. Hope. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Hope is evidence. There's more. I don't know exactly what there is, but I know there's more. Who hopes for what they have already? 
Who hopes for what they see with eyes? There's a reason this season starts when it's dark out. It'll get darker yet. We know the signs. The sky's red at night, he told us. We wait for light. I am the life, the way, the truth, the bread, the light. Patience, warmth, the light. We know these things because we've done them 30 or 2,000 times now. Imagine the first time. Imagine frankincense and a camel for 400 miles to nowhere earth to find a nobody baby. Hope or evidence must have said otherwise. We call them wise now. Hope men don't get preserved so winningly. Hope is now too. We hope the evidence we have is sufficient. We hope we're right, but if I demand more of God, who does that make me? If Jesus sits on a bar stool, where does that put me? If Jesus is a stairway, where does that foot me? If I call myself the thing shame, name me, who does that make me? Hope says otherwise. Infertile, failure, worthless, stupid, nothing, no. I am, you are, a beloved child of God. The name shames, name me, can rip up. This year for Advent, Renew is bringing a renewed focus on the arts. Um, we're focusing on poetry and visual art, um, and we're going to see that in a few different ways, well, in poetry and art this season. Um, we heard a poem from Caleb um, this week about hope, and we have Caleb here to talk about it. Tell us about how writing this poem formed your hope or informed your hope or sh shaped you. I've been working on this poem since... Um, like middle of October or so. So I usually have kind of a slow way about it. I don't usually ever sit down for like hours at a time. I usually sit down for like a few minutes, maybe once a week or so. And something that's good about that, I feel like I'll come back with like a little bit of a different perspective mm -hmm. or like different, um, in this case, like aspect of hope to kind of touch on in the poem. Mm -hmm. So like one of the weeks or one of the nights I was writing it, I was thinking about like the wise men and what that would have been like. And um, another one of the nights I was thinking about like Doug Sermon on shame. And I got excited when I thought about that sermon and how, or that image really of Doug, like reading each one of those cards about mm -hmm. like the thing that shame has named you and us shouting back, like you are a beloved child of God and just how powerful that was and how life-giving and hope-giving that was for me. And I know a number of other people that I talked to and just looked around in the room. And so I got excited when I was writing the poem and thinking about ending on that. And then, yeah, that turned into like ripping the thing at the end. And yeah, I don't know. I think you're... Um, process really informed a multifaceted piece at the end. And I appreciate that, how that worked. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like as a community, we've been really blessed to, uh, is this your like fifth poem or that you've done specifically for Renew? I feel like there's been at least two uh, Good Friday Mm -hmm. poems there was uh and and i think there There's was a with a, one there was the with one from last was that last year two years two years ago and um, then there was one last year as well right i think i did yeah i've done one do. or two others just kind yeah. of 
randomly. But I just, I appreciate how you're able to, I think, I can't remember who said it. It might've been Ben. It might've been someone else, but the idea of like words having this um, incredible amount of power. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you, some people are just good with words. And when you use words, there just seems to be this like power behind it. Like in the beginning of the poem, you said slow down like mm-hmm. three times and you mm-hmm. slow down. And like, I actually could feel my heartbeat mm-hmm. lower. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think my blood pressure dropped. Mm-hmm. I think I was like in a healthy space. That was actually the last thing I wrote. Was it really? Um, wow. That was almost more of a note to myself than anything. Mm. Just honestly, like the the worst part of it for me is the reading it up front part mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or reading it out loud anyway. And I get this nervousness that comes over me whenever I'm reading anything out loud mm-hmm. since like college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate that. It gets better as you practice reading to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've noticed my reading out loud skills have vastly improved. <laughs> I am a good reader. Let me make that clear. <laughs> but it's reading your head loud, and reading out loud is much different. <laughs> and then it's the part of like sharing a poem where it's like no, something that, that you, you wrote and it's like mm-hmm. a piece of me. But I don't, I don't want my own nervousness to like stand in the way. I think it only added to it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, we had talked about this earlier and I guess it was you who said that. Um, but that actually, I was thinking about that the whole time. Good. Cause like I was nervous beforehand. I think like, if you embrace your nerves, the service, it really like, yeah. just like, helps you flow a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, roll with this. Like good. if you're super nervous up there, that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause it's going to make it sound better maybe. So. That actually helped me a lot. I felt Good. less nervous up there this time than I ever have. Um, awesome. Yeah. So like as, I mean, with poetry as a form of art and thinking about the vulnerability of sharing that with others, like what, what would be, let me use the word for lack of a better word, but what would be your hope that people hear when you communicated that poem? I think more than anything, like hearkening back to the shame piece mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. how that is a lie. That is mm-hmm. a lie straight from hell mm-hmm. that yeah. you need to carry this shame and this name mm-hmm. that you've, that you've been given or that you've given yourself mm-hmm. like with you everywhere you go. That is not what the Lord intends for you. Yeah. And so like, if I helped remind people of that, mm-hmm. like I think that would be my, my biggest goal. I think reminding people that and pulling out what personally that spoke to you came to people as you're not alone in this. Yeah, definitely. And that's another lie that you're alone. Yeah. So I think putting yourself out there like that really invited people into that they're not alone. I know you have another poem that you're working on for love, correct? Ooh. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> okay. So we're super pumped to hear that coming up and we'd love to hear a little snippet beforehand, but we don't want to we don't there work. is no stipend. <laughs> <laughs> so started working on October. very much in a skeletal form. Skeletal form. <laughs> very cool. Well, I have a painting due next week and it's still a blank canvas. So uh, <laughs> that's how I work. <laughs> very, very abstract. I like it, Lindsay. Yes. I like it. Yeah. So I think really the only other question that I just am excited is like, how how has this sort of word study putting yourself in the in the feet of the wise man, thinking through shame again. Like, how has this really informed your view of hope? I think hope takes on different forms for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially through, like, different eras. And so, yeah, I don't 
know exactly, but I, it was fun to kind of guess at that in my mind, like thinking about on the wise, the wise men, especially and like what that would have actually been like. Hmm. Yeah. Like, what they were hoping for at the end of that star. Yeah. Like yeah. they were kind of more hoping probably yeah. like they had instruments, I'm sure and everything, but <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of just hope that was but going on. But what in. was there? Like they probably knew where, uh, guesstimating where they were going, but like what would be there right. was where the hope would lie. Right. And they turned out to be right. And so yeah. they're geniuses. Very, very <laughs> wise, actually, yeah. is how they've been remembered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like that line that you had. It was uh, hope men, I think it was like hope men don't get preserved, get so, preserved winningly. so winningly. And I love that line because it's like, I, I mean, I, I just, I have this picture of of all of the, you know, I, I just, I think of like, the hockey teams in Stanley Cup or like the losing team in the Super Bowl, like they hoped, but yeah. they didn't get really get yeah. preserved as the winners, you know? Yeah. So, but I just thought that line was really brilliant. And even realizing like the countless stories of followers of Jesus in our day and age in different parts of the world who we will never hear about, mm. but yet they're hoping in the same fulfilled kingdom mm -hmm. rule yeah, and reign of definitely. God that we are. Mm -hmm. Think about like, all the way less famous people that mm -hmm. have hopes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And mm. and like I think in some ways that's the beautiful part about being followers of Jesus is that this idea of hope almost seems like foolishness to mm. others. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think even the idea Definitely. of Advent, it's like the culture tells us like, oh, you want hope? Just buy your hope. Like you can buy your hope or mm -hmm. put your hope in your retirement. Like I'll never forget mm. the Definitely. 2008 crash you know mm -hmm. crash and uh there was a good friend of mine who literally was close to retirement he lost everything oh my goodness. and it's like can you imagine putting all your hope in something like yeah. that and then it's just gone mm. yeah. but it's like when we put our hope in jesus you know thinking about the writer of hebrews you know it might get you sold in half and destroyed but yet Yikes. it's this beautiful thing you know and like mm. that's part of our heritage as followers of jesus like we are hope men and women and we probably won't get preserved by our culture in this you mm. know mm. in this beautiful yeah. plaque Definitely. But, yeah yeah but then you also think about the hope of people um in the civil rights march and mm. uh you know the hope of the students in um you know who who like at kent state and I'm, I'm thinking and reading through the 60s stuff right now so mm. there's a lot of things that i see about these unnamed people who stood up against this tyrant or all this stuff and just mm -hmm. kind of hoped beyond hope. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that that's part of our heritage as followers of Jesus. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really just great. Thank you for sharing that poem with us, yeah. Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. I feel like uh, it's kind of part of a bigger conversation um, just in terms of like how we see the arts impact us uh, as worship. super grateful that Renew um, does foster the arts and encourages it even. Um, art is a significant part of how I worship as well, outside of music. Um, so I'm... Are you saying that music is not a form of art? No, it is. But I'm thinking... That, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that there are many other significant ways to worship in the arts. Um, so through Advent, we are doing painting and poetry. Um, and we've done lots of other creative things through Renew. And I'm just thankful for that. 
Yeah. And I think too, like one of the things that Ben and I have really been chatting about over the last year is how do we keep fostering um, our artists within our community? And we, we, we realize that it's tough because a lot of our artists have young children. And part of having young children is we don't have a ton of time to, to deal with and to create and things like that. But there is something that I think is so significant about uh, this idea of engaging the engaging with creating something with the creator of all things. Yes. And so I think artists sort of have this fast track way of um, seeing art, not just as uh, worship kind of through song, but mm-hmm. more as like formation. Like there's a formational yeah. aspect of when you create something, there's this connection between something as simple as, you know, a blank canvas and some, you know, color or, you know, just a blank sheet of paper with a pen mm-hmm. and some words and how they transcend and become something so much bigger and more beautiful. And so I think like with that, we just long to see more art within our community uh, that is created. Uh, and that doesn't mean that stuff that we borrow isn't beautiful and important and helpful, but there's something really cool when local artisans can create things and that we can use them in light of what mm-hmm. what we're studying, what we're thinking about. Um, yeah. In fact, Caleb, you and I had a conversation just the other day on the phone about how um, how important it is to have visuals within our teaching just mm-hmm. like different paintings or different yeah. things that we can see. And some of that's just like the way we learn. Mm-hmm. Some of us are real yeah. visual in how we especially, learn. Especially me. Especially mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how would, you know, you two are artists. I mean, <laughs> Lindsay, Caleb, you, you both, I feel like understand what that word means better than I do, but how has art been something that has helped you form your relationship with Jesus and with others? I, I think that God is the master creator mm-hmm. and um, he's given us like minds to create. And yes. I think he is worshiped and honored when we use our creative minds to create, mm-hmm. to create. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, with our free will can definitely abuse that. Mm-hmm. We can write vulgar things or paint uh, uh, mm-hmm. vulgar things that are not honoring to God. But I think when we do it with a mind of, even if it's not like, even if you're not writing like a worship poem necessarily, but if you write um, or if you paint something with just kind of honoring the Lord with your your gift mm-hmm. in mind. I, yeah, I feel like God is is honored by that. I think, and I feel like this artist see things differently. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So Michael and I were having this conversation. He's an artist as well, for those of you who don't know him. But um, we see things in a way um, that's different than other people. And so like, while pastor's creative gift is seeing scriptures in a new way, we might see a sunrise in a new way, or we mm. might see something else in a new way. Like if, so you, you read a passage and then you interpret it for us through your preaching, but we see, I mean, I don't know, maybe not me, but like Monet sees his water lilies in a completely different way than I see them, but he's showing me a different aspect of it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of artists can bring to the table is seeing creation or a feeling or something to bring in a new way that someone hasn't seen it that way before. And I think that could be really holy. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. I I think that's really, that's really helpful. Yeah. Artists help us see Mm -hmm. things from a different perspective. I think that's such a, such a a good statement. So 
you you have, I mean, when when did art kind of start for you, Lindsay? You know, Caleb, when did poetry start becoming a, an expression of art for you? So, like, how did that start for you yeah. guys? Man, my parents had me in yeah. art museums um, all over the world as a child. So, like, I've mm-hmm. always been really connected um, with art history. And um, I think, like, the history of the art in the church is really interesting, too, and the way that um, the church used to commission huge pieces of art, like, all over Rome, the the Sistine Chapel, you know, all that kind of stuff is so beautiful. And even the architecture of old churches is meant to draw your eye upward. And like, that's an artist interpreting scripture to draw your eye up to the heavens, which I think is so so inspiring. And it's like that part of me dies a little bit because we meet in a gym. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but there are new black pads on the back. (laughs) I know. I wish our space was a little more inspiring, but that's just a, you know, a a way that our history can Mm. mold us and like space does matter. And yes, our space matters in a different way because we are included in our community. And so like, that's beautiful as well, but you know, yeah. Circling back. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I've just seen, I feel like I've um, connected with creativity my whole life. And then finding out as a 19 year old, that, that gift came from God was like, oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> and then I found that it's a way to also connect with him. Huh. Um, and so like I'll paint prayers when I don't know what to say, or I'll meditate and embroider at the same time, huh. or I'll capture a photograph with a uh, of a sunset and just to have that memory of what God did in that space. Um, yeah, I just find God in all of those aspects of creativity, I guess. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, Lindsay is more of an artist than I am. Oh, no, there are no <laughs> levels here. We're all artists. <laughs> um, I think, I don't even remember. I, at some point in my life, I learned that poetry doesn't have to be cheesy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it often, I think the, I think the stigma is that it is cheesy. Mm. I know I took a couple of poetry classes in college mm. that I loved. And my my one teacher, professor, like freshman year or so, like really liked my stuff and was like really encouraging mm. and actually thought that some of my stuff could be published mm. um, and was like, there's really no money or anything in that. Like, don't <laughs> like, don't like not get a real job. Oh, I so will also say the church used to commission and pay for art. <laughs> is that just, right? Yes. And we will also say that this podcast is brought to you by Nettle Novices. <laughs> and they're going to be paying for a commissioning. Of, Hooray. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Well, yeah, he was very encouraging. Yeah. Um, and that um, helped me, encourage me to stick with it. Mm. And um, I've gone like, more than a year without writing anything like I'm, I'm not it's not like I'm one of these guys who writes stuff every day um but when I get the inspiration a lot a lot of times when I'm it's when I'm driving hmm. um and I drive a lot and I will just like speak a line into my like memo thing and then that might turn into a poem or I might listen to it later and be like that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> and just delete it that's beautiful. And I also love, I just want to call out the encouragement that your professor gave you and the words we speak over each other are so important. Um, I just think, you know, we should all be encouraging other artists as well. Yeah. And any artist you come across, just encourage them because it feels good. We need more art. <laughs> yes, we need more art. be more. And I would say one of the big things people tell me, they're like, I painted this past week at the community dinner and a few people came up to me like, I couldn't do that. I'm not creative. And yes. honey, you were created by a creative God and you can create. Preach. Mm. Preach. Yes. Amen. <laughs> it's good. 
<laughs> Sorry, Joel, didn't that mean to blow good. out your eardrums. That is good. <laughs> but I, I just, that rubs me the wrong way when people think they're not creative. Yeah. I think that they're, you can do a math problem I can't do. That is creative. Yeah. There, you can write mm. a poem that I can't write. You can preach a sermon I can't preach. That's creativity. Yeah. It's not just putting paint on a canvas or yeah. making something pretty. Yeah, and there's something so beautiful about encouraging people in whatever that yes. form is. Yes. Like, I mean, I, there are, you know, I, I think about, uh, I think about, some of the woodwork that mm, I've seen mm-hmm. John Hoover yes. pull off. And it's yeah. just like, you look at these yeah. pieces and you're like, not only can this guy play a guitar, but mm-hmm. the stuff he can create with wood is just, you know, beautiful. And yeah. I mean, I, I what I love too is, uh, and the, Chrissy Balecki is doing a piece for, uh, for love. She's oh, doing I an art piece for that. love. And oh. it was so, it's, it's beautiful. The mm. way that she did it is so beautiful. Mm. I'm so excited for, uh, to have that shared with Renew. Is she done already? She's done. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Mine's due before hers. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's okay though. Some artists need I, the so deadline. I, I, I saw this meme about procrastinating. And it's like, I just keep procrastinating because it keeps working. Then yeah. I just get it done right before yeah. the deadline. Well, but some my of work that's, ethic. That's, yeah. But I mean, sure. That's you know, Mary too. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Who was that sculptor that stared at the piece of rock for like 30 years and then David kind of popped out of it or something? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's how it worked. Yeah, I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one stone at a time, one chip at a time. You just take away everything that doesn't look like David. But yeah. So like what it, I mean, what what would you guys say to the people in our community who feel like oh, I, I would really like to do that, but I'm just not good? Oh, well, there's no such such thing as not good. So they should just do it. If they feel the inspiration, they should do it. The first one might not look like they want it to look or sound yeah. like they want it to sound, but just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. How important. I would, go ahead. I would say, too, like, there's things that I would change about the poem that I wrote on Sunday. Like, huh. that was kind of the finished product. The one beautiful thing I think that artists say a lot is it's not finished. And I. Yeah. Back to the community dinner, as the night was ending, my piece wasn't finished and people kept coming back to me. And I think uh, coming up to me and asking me about it. And I said, oh, it's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. And I think that's another way that artists are linked to the creator is that it's not finished yet. So our work isn't finished yet and God's work isn't finished yet. So I think so, that's another wow. way that we can link to him. through. So, that. Lindsay, you're going to preach this that's week. Just uh, of what, love it. Part love of what it. creation is, yeah. is that right. it is kind of ongoing. Yeah. So while it was finished for Sunday morning, yeah, the work is never done. And I would also say to those people um, at Renew or elsewhere um, who are thinking about it, like, I want to see it or hear it. Um, yeah, I want to I want to see it or hear it. Yeah, definitely um, preview. Please. Bring it to us. We'd love to see. Yeah. And if you would be open to any feedback, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, I, I, mean, I don't that, really consider myself like an expert either, but like, I yeah, I don't know. But that does get at a, a really, a really good part. You know, we talk about community being messy and sometimes you know, I love that statement we've used for quite a few years where we said Jesus community is not the absence of mess, but the presence of Jesus within the mess. Yeah. And so I feel like what's so interesting about just the conversation we're having is the role of feedback and like how important it is when you're trying to create anything to get some feedback and, True. and but how we we live in a culture where we actually get really afraid of that yes. you know like oh what mm-hmm. if someone doesn't like it yeah so yeah what oh, was, definitely. i mean yeah. what's I that i can speak to that yeah what's that journey been like um well even just this past week we got together for the km meeting and i wanted to read the poem um and hear some feedback and of course i was a little nervous about that 
Um, but the feedback was super helpful and encouraging and it was a part of the creative process and it, it made me feel a lot more like comfortable being up there too. So yeah, JR calls himself like a feedback junkie and I wouldn't go that far <laughs> for myself, but I think, I think it's a, a good and necessary part of, of, um, creation. Yeah. I think feedback is a learned skill critique, mm. even mm. like to give and receive is learned. Um, cause we, through art school, we had to, every class you were critiquing each other's work and you had to learn yeah. how to take it with a little bit of a thick skin yeah. or, but if it was good, you had to, you know, take it and adjust, but you also had to give it. And so you learn that way. But I feel like a lot of circles are a little politically correct and you want to be nice and the whole thing. But like, sometimes people need to be like, nope, cut that out. Like, that's yeah. not good. You know? And yeah. Yeah. so I think, um, if you're looking for feedback, we'd love to give it to you and we'll be gracious, of course. But yeah. um, we are versed in that. Yeah. yeah. But well, and I think I think in some ways, like that's why that's why creativity is part of formation, because yes. when you open yourself up to that, it's not to say what you did isn't good. It's just to say, do you want to grow? I mean, right. and I think that's that's an yeah. invitation. It's an invitation For instead sure. of just like, here's what I made. Don't talk about it. Leave it alone. Right. Like if you say it's yes. bad, I'll. I'll <laughs> Punch you in the nose. Yeah, but I'm sure like sometimes <laughs> I can feel like one of the word one of the one of the one of the things that that I love about Renew is I have gotten emails over the years of people who just like didn't like something I said or something <laughs> I did or you know like there are I'll, there are people before I teach any sermon Ben and I back when Jr was Jr and I we'd have conversations about it and then mm -hmm. afterwards too just mm -hmm. to say like what worked what didn't mm -hmm. work what would I do mm -hmm. different. And it's because, yeah, we're, it's, I mean, every sermon I've ever preached, I still think, how would I have done that differently? Yeah. And not because I, I don't think it was okay or yeah. good, but because like, it's a creative process. It's never yeah. finished. I love that. Yeah. That Could framework you imagine is so if we asked for critique for other areas of our lives, like how I handled that conversation or that would be, oh gosh. Uh, how beautiful though. I mean, we'd grow so much faster. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, probably. and maybe more painfully, maybe yeah. growth is You'd slow be, for a reason. You'd probably be paranoid too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. So yeah. And I think the, the, the last question, how do you see the story of, how do you see the story of redemption playing out in your particular forms of art? So this might not be super specific to my art, but I feel like I'm connected to all the arts in a little way. So uh, a few years ago, we were um, went to visit Falling Water by Frank Lloyd Wright, mm. his house out in Western Pennsylvania, or house he designed. And part of his philosophy was that the private spaces were in the back of the house and the public spaces were in the front of the house. And as you moved from the back to the front, you moved from tight quarters to wide open quarters. And mm. if you took that a step further, it was from darkness to light. <sighs> And genius. <laughs> it's such a, it was walking through this house with this tour guide who I don't know what her faith background was, but I was like weeping uh, like, Oh, we're supposed to move from darkness to light. Like this is all connected. This is, you know? Yeah. And so I love just mm. finding snippets like that um, mm. in secular air quotes spaces and from secular artists and from people who I love redeeming things like that. I think that's what's meaningful about the arts to me. I'm thinking of the lament piece from Sunday, which we talked about earlier, but just people sharing some really heavy stuff and mm. us saying, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Like, mm -hmm. first of all, that was a creative mm. thing to do. But yeah, I think super redemptive. I think it's important to acknowledge, like, when someone passes away, 
or when someone gets really sick or when things go really wrong. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge them and um, bring them before the Lord and to understand like this is not the place where God's will is done all the time. There are things that happen here that are really horrible. This is a place where moth and rust destroy. Yeah. Mm. Um, but God is here with us through it. Yeah. That, that was a really redemptive piece yeah. from Sunday mm. for sure. That's really cool. And I love how you looked at the creative element, not just as your poem or a piece of art, but as what a community is creating. Yeah, on that was definitely artwork. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think oh, yeah. that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the way when we gather together, house churches are beautiful, gatherings are beautiful, but when we gather together, the goal is that we all paint, we all create something together. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm -hmm. almost like flash art where like, or like a flash mob where it shows up for this mm -hmm. brief thing and then mm -hmm. it's just, it's gone. But mm -hmm. yet there are these beautiful memories and, and the formational work of the redemptive story of the gospel just mm -hmm. continues to move in our hearts. So Definitely. last question, uh, who would say are your like, your biggest influences in oh, the arts, if there's Christian or secular, or maybe we just kind of blur those lines and say just yeah. artists in general. For me, it's the Impressionists, the Manet and Monet and Pissarro and Picasso. Well, he's not Impressionist, but um, I think just the way that they broke ground and saw things in different ways mm. is inspiring. And they're beautiful yeah. as well. So. I feel like I'm more actually inspired by like pastors more than anything. Mm. I feel like I listen to um, a lot of sermons as podcasts and stuff. And um, it's a lot of that stuff that sticks with me. And like, I think with, again, with my poem from Sunday, it was trying to kind of reiterate a lot of um, that stuff that, that I've heard and has impacted me mm. so much. I've read some poetry I really haven't read. It. Oh, you know who I do love is Michael Bournes, who you, Doug, introduced me to. Mm. I love his stuff. Um, but I'm not, I don't sit down and read a bunch of poetry books or anything. Um, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts and sermons. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, honestly, I think that's that's my source of inspiration more than anything. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, and I think too, like, I really want to encourage our, our listeners, if you have a chance to sit down with Caleb and Lindsay in the next few weeks or shoot them an email, mm -hmm. uh, they'll be on the, they'll be in the show notes, but just to start that conversation, like if you're listening right now, we'd love for you. And you're kind of one of those people like, oh, I, I used to create when I was in high school or, you know, back in college, but I just don't do it anymore. Like you need to, our community yeah. needs it uh, desperately. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with us today. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye.